Hello, family. Thank you for joining us again for another <laughs> episode of CPR. My name is Pastor Aaron Carr. I'm here with my sisters, my, my friends, my family. Uh, you want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Yasmeen. Hi, I'm Bree J. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we're here just to pump life into you. That's our job. That's what we're here to do. Um, uh, CPR stands for Conflict Produces Resolution. And so we are thankful again, um, where, whatever you're doing, wherever you are, either driving or at work or at home. Um, we just appreciate you listening to us today. Um, and I'm praying that after you hear um, our dialogue, our discussion, um, that you're blessed, that you're strengthened, and that you're encouraged. Um, and we just come in to just give you life. That's what we're here to do. And we're just thankful for your diligence and your time for having us come into your homes. And so we're going to start. I am just really um, excited about this discussion. Um, but on the flip side, also, it's something that has been um, touching for a lot of people during this time, during this uh uh, COVID-19 and quarantines and everything that's going on um, in our world today, I think is important um, as believers um, that we talk about these tough issues, these situations um, that, that are plagued, that plagues all of us. Because conflict, conflict produces, produces resolution. resolution. I like that cueing. I, I love that. You, you just right on it. And we're real and we're raw. Um, we're human and we definitely understand the pains of this world. And I thank God that um, he is a God that understands. He, he's concerned about every element of our lives. And so um, we're going to talk about something very serious and something that might be a taboo um, in regards to the people of faith. Um, and that is post-traumatic stress. All right. Post-traumatic stress. Sometimes um, it normally goes or connects to someone coming out of the army coming out of some type of warfare but spiritually and mentally and some type of trauma, trauma, um, yes, definitely trauma. we definitely believe that um, there's a level there's going to be a level of post-traumatic stress um, that comes from this COVID-19 um, situation and so we're going to talk about that today and and I'm and we're hoping that you know we we, we strike a nerve and that we you know definitely make you feel comfortable um, to get some type of to get some type of help or that you've received some type of encouragement um, during this time. And so we're going to start. You guys ready? Yep. I'm clapping again. I know. I'm a clapper. (laughs) Don't don't beat me up. I know. (laughs) And so today I wanted to talk about, um, you know, I believe, and you guys can, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think um, there's three elements um, that we've all, as human beings, have been affected um, during this time, one of which is the psychological um, part of our lives, um, the economical, if that's not even a word, but the economics, our money <laughs> has been affected um, during this time. And also our spiritual um, lives have really, really been affected. Those three main parts of our lives have been affected. And we want to talk about that and, uh, you know, try to express um, what we feel is going on and also try to bring some type of solutions or some some resolution to it right mm-hmm. that was your cue to put that in there. <laughs> uh, you know that that's your cue to put it in there and so um psychologically what do you feel first let me before we even do that what what do you guys definition of post-traumatic stress um i believe post-traumatic stress is just dealing with something uh or more so 
understanding that you've been through, well, you don't necessarily have to understand that you've been through something. Some people don't know that they even have post-traumatic stress, but I think after a trauma, some type of event, um, some type of occurrence that probably was negative um, affects you, and then it affects you to the point where it affects your future, to me, if I had to put it in words. That's what you did. You put it in words. That's exactly what you did. I just, <laughs> My I just, own words. I just heard the words. You didn't put it in braille or sign language. That's exactly what you, that's exactly what you did. Oh, well, for me, um, post-traumatic stress disorder, you know, PTSD, I like. I made sure I add that D because it really it causes disorder in your life. It really does. And it's to a point where you experience something, something traumatic, something that you may not even see as traumatic, mm -hmm. but it affects you. It affects your decision making. Yes. It, 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 it gives you intrinsic fear that you don't even realize is there yes. that's affecting the things that you do, yeah. the steps you take. Mm -hmm. um, there are different ways that it can manifest itself. Mm -hmm. It can be, you know, you can be triggered by something and, and have... Um, anxiety or not or be fearful to move or you know it may give you palpitations mm -hmm. those are like the obvious physical Smells. outward you know those things but you know if you're affected in a way that it it permanently changes the way you move the decisions you make and the steps you're willing to take if it permanently changes the way you reason about things your whole reasoning and thought process then you have PTSD and yeah. you may not even know it but if something has happened to you and has changed the way you look at life altogether yeah. the choices the, the the chances that you'll that you'll take you know the the options that you won't take you won't use the avenues that you won't pursue mm. it can all be because i'm fearful because of something that happened to me and i think it's it's i know i've seen it it's happening to people right now yeah. some don't realize it and the thing is even when you do realize it are you still going to do anything differently? I mean, that's the tough thing. When you realize that you've been affected by this this event, but you're still frozen in fear to, you know, move in opposition to it. Yeah. Yeah. This situation is really something. I um. <laughs> I remember when I was younger, and my mother <laughs> would give me a kind of a certain a weird haircut. He was calling bold cuts. And um, that was ugly. Yeah, yeah. You not Shout out to my mother because she's the reason why I cut hair today. Was. My mother was. Like she put the bowl. Yeah, no, nah, she didn't put a bowl. Okay. It's a fade, but it was okay. a tight fade. Right? It was not a fade. <laughs> <laughs> it was a fade. Okay. And so what happened was, you know, when I went to school, you know, they had this thing called open necking. They do that now. And open so, yeah, the so they're smacking the back of your neck because it was just, it was a skin tight. It was, or like, they, give me my dummies. Yeah, yeah, like it was crazy. So I they would do so that. You guys yeah, it's bad. pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Okay. And so what happened was I got open necked one day. Open necked ED. And um, <laughs> yeah, my English is not everywhere. But listen, don't listen. Listen, I hear you. We follow. Don't follow. Yeah, there, you right there you go. There you go. And um, so after being open necked so many times, I will literally walk around watching my back like even my haircuts now i would never get a fade ever again are you kidding me yeah and and, and the reason why is because it has scarred me so much gotcha. <laughs> right um that i walk down the street um if i if i ever well i wouldn't get fade anyway but um 
I will walk around worried, you know, even a little taper. I'll that, be worried. That like, gonna come now I'm a grown man. <laughs> I'm a grown man. Oh and I can revisit. I can remember the story like it was yesterday. And it, and it bothers me. And it bothered me um, for years. And I believe that post-traumatic stress, um, that time when it hits you, it still hurts you afterwards. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, um, you know, that's really, that's a struggle to overcome. Telling someone it's going to be all right, that's cool. Um, but actual person believing that and, and coming out of that. That's difficult. Uh, yes, that's, that's, that's the challenge, you yes, know. It's the game changer. It changes yeah. everything. And I have to admit, I had an event when I was younger, maybe about fourth grade, mm. that I know that I am still running my life based on it. Okay. So I was in fourth grade, I was short, I was tiny, I was skinny, and I was a year younger, a year or two younger than everybody else. Mm. I, I skipped a grade. Anyway. Well, I'm sorry, you know. Smart. Whatever. Whatever. I digress. Yeah, I really. Digress. Forget I said it. Dang. I'm just trying to explain. All right. So I was, I was already a short girl, but I was a year or two younger than everyone else, and I was super skinny. And um, they had, they came to our gym class, and they made all the girls try out for a dancing fashion show. So we're in gym class. They teach us the moves real quick, teach us the routine. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Everybody does the routine and then we have to do it. We perform it and they're gonna pick out who goes to the second round for after this audition. Next day we come into class and the list is on the wall. And every single girl in the fourth grade was on that list except me. Wow. Now mind you, I was a great dancer, and a lot of my friends said, I can't believe you learned it so fast. Oh my gosh, you're such a good dancer. You're definitely gonna get it. Every single girl on this list was, every girl in the class, I'm sorry, was on this list except me. So I was the only one that wasn't good enough to move on to the second round. Do you know, to this day, I don't like competitions. Wow. I don't like playing, playing sports, competitive sports. If you ask me to even play taboo, I'd probably say no. I don't like to do anything that's a competition. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just don't, I'll, I'll, I'll be the timer. I'll keep the score. Mm-hmm. I don't like competing wow. for things. We're going to play taboo soon. soon. And, you know, <laughs> I know, right? and you know what's crazy? Don't break that spirit in the name of Jesus. <laughs> it took me a long time. That Finally, it's been broken. But it's because the story I told myself about that mm-hmm. and what gave me the post-traumatic stress was that I wasn't good enough. Yeah. Fact is, I was the wrong size. Gotcha. I mean, but it took me a forty to be forty years old, and some and my mother or someone else to point it out to me. You were too short. Mm. I mean, and the clothes didn't fit. Wow. Uh, you were skinny and you were short and gotcha. you were the wrong size. Yeah. And maybe you were a great dancer, but you didn't even qualify. And had had the school been more considerate about that, they might have handled it differently. Mm. But you know, I had to realize, yeah, yeah, not that I, not that I was terrible, and so a lot of times now, I'll be afraid that I think I'm better at something than I actually am. So it's like, I think I'm good at this, but, yeah, you know what? Somebody else is doing it. I'm sure it's fine, and I'm still working through that from yeah. fourth grade, from not eight years old. Gotcha. Still wow. working through that. I got, you know, uh, might as well add my story. Um, 
<laughs> so now I actually so when I was a kid um, what happened to me was in the second grade I was in line and I was telling my teacher I don't feel right I don't feel right I don't feel right and she's like you'll be fine I had my coat on and I just felt really hot so unfortunately I passed out right <gasps> yeah so I passed out and I've been passing out like all my life just <laughs> randomly right <laughs> they don't know what it is it's not hyper or hypoglycemia but what it did what it did affect is now I have anxiety about passing out so what generally happens is my sugar level gets low if I don't eat that's why I you always know have what? Sweet that sweet. explains so much. That explains so much. Because you're my greedy friend, and I just love you. So that, that's why? Because you have anxiety about... See, no, seriously. I, I, I mean, it took me a while to figure out the trigger. At first, I didn't have anxiety, but I always was fearful of passing out, and especially once I had my son and then riding in a car with him. And then once I developed the anxiety, I was confused. I'm like, is it the passing out or is it the anxiety? So, uh, you know, just finding more information out and actually doing my master's program, I, I learned more, period, um, that it just was anxiety and I was having panic attacks. But I was panic about, I was panicking about the passing out. Okay. Anytime I'm in the sun, like if right now if we were outside I probably start getting really hot and I'm just like in my mind I'm like yes yeah, you, you did you eat did you you know and if I'll be fearful to just go out if I don't eat give so me some I, exactly I just <laughs> at, so at one point I had diabetic tablets in my um my uh, pocketbook but now what I do is I just prepare um, it's is it still a That's little scary? the pineapples that are sitting over there. Yeah, always something. I always make sure I bring something to drink and something to eat. But I it, carry it snacks because I'm greedy. <laughs> you, have I'm a, you have a good reason. Yeah, not but anxiety, it, but hunger. Yeah, but it's fearful because yeah. I'm like, yo, what if somebody like I pass out and they don't know and then they I just die and then I oh, one no. time I, yeah I know I know because I uh, watch your mouth. <laughs> I know. I always mouth. go to the deep end. I always go to the deep end. <laughs> well, but now I don't feel like that. Sometimes you have to, you know, and um, and I wanted to ask you, you know, because you went to school and you're, you know, continuing education to be a therapist. Mm. What have you seen psychologically um, in regards to trauma with this this quarantine and this virus that's going around? Like stories or things you see on the news or just people that you've been encountered yourself. Um, well, I, I, you know, personally, actually, um, some of my friends, they're not necessarily ready to link up yet. So um, they're like, they're nervous. They've told me like, I don't know how I'm gonna live after this. Yes. Um, some people I have not seen. I try to, the people that I have not seen that I know are dealing with it in kind of like a ill way, I actually try to reach out to them. But I could tell because we haven't talked, they still not dealing. Like, I, you know how sometimes you feel like you need to see someone and give them your energy yeah. a little bit? Yeah. They'll feel a little bit better. They need a hug. That's yeah. the thing. Like, people need hugs. And hugs are not allowed. <laughs> They're not allowed. And and we need that. Like, we need to see each other. We need to laugh. We need to, you know, have some type of entertainment. But because people are scared to leave their house, gotcha. they're yeah. in alone. And alone is what? What do you always say about being alone? <laughs> Distance is dangerous and the idle mind is a devil's playground. Yes. Okay. So, I mean, that's first and foremost. Um, but then I'm also seeing, um, you know, people who are just, uh, it's the opposite end. They don't believe in this whole COVID thing either, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so they're just blaming it on the devil. I mean, well, the devil. 
the government yeah. and things of that nature. So they're confused. But then if some someone dies in their family, then it, then they become affected. So yeah. see, that's cognitive dissonance right there. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like how do you say it doesn't exist, but you know that it has harmed someone? Exactly, doesn't exist. But I know. Yeah, some people, you know, psychologically, you know, that that I've seen, you know, they they've associated this virus with political. Um, a lot of conspiracy theorists <laughs> popped up, and you know, um, a lot of I want to say accepted racism has been birthed through this. Um, but in regards of a person's psych- psyche with this, I saw one interview. This lady was talking in front of the Senate. And um, she was saying, I think uh, she said that I'm not wearing a mask, Mm -hmm. just like I don't wear underwear because things need to breathe. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what she said. Oh my god! Right? I mean, the mask. Listen, first of all, first of all, she needs a mask and monostat. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is what she said. I know she keeps a yeast infection. You know, you know, and well, I mean, I don't think so. I wouldn't know. I have no idea. Well, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and it's and for me, you know, for me, when I when I hear things like that, you know, we want to fight to be so normal, where any kind of restraint, you know, I've seen people put, you know, this is like slavery and, you know, so you know, and that's disrespectful. Yeah, but that's you, a whole nother. Yeah, that's a whole nother topic. Yeah, you know. Save that. Um, <laughs> And so you the, can't see me, but my eyes are rolling all <laughs> to the back of my head right now. Seriously. I cannot. Okay? Okay. You know, so we, we get the anger from that because there's no concern about my health, obviously, because you don't want to put on a mask. Yeah. Some people are asystematic, which drives people even more insane. A what? Asystematic. That's an asymptomatic. Whatever. Thank you. Thank you for my editors. Asymptomatic. Asymptomatic. You lost me for a minute. I was like, seriously. How did he go to anarchy? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what's happening. Asymptomatic and asymptomatic. Um, But, you know, there's no signs of the virus. Mm -hmm. And so that even would drive you crazy because you might come in perfectly fine, run a marathon, lift weights, go do things, and then you'll get someone else sick. You know, and so even that view of being asymptomatic, thank you, that's 10 points for the word. Yes. Um, <laughs> you feel there's nothing wrong and it's a hoax. And so you'll walk around supermarkets and stores, and you know, yeah. and then you even if you have allergy problems, you might sneeze, you might do things. But can you imagine what it would, what the, the strain it would be on a person emotionally yeah. if they were asymptomatic? and did all of these things and went out and did that and then came home and then got someone they know sick and that person went to the hospital, was on a ventilator, maybe even didn't make it. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine the type of post-traumatic stress yeah. that will be associated? Yeah. That person who felt completely healthy will now be afraid to do anything because I felt healthy and I killed someone. Wow. Can, and can I tell you though when I cause I mean alright I, I snuck out the state so are we six feet no but I, I got tested thank you very uh, much okay. my job required it okay so um, <laughs> I snuck out and but I, still don't cough yeah, yeah <laughs> no I listen it, honestly if I get a tickle in my throat I kind of that's true that's um that's PTSD because <laughs> oh, yeah. let me tell you something anytime I got a cough and mind you it hurt trying to hold it in and I go go mm. <laughs> 
when nobody knows you possibly have it. No, they like, do know. My eyes be watering and everything trying to keep that junk in. But you're scared to cough. But so I went to North Carolina and I wanted to see my grandma. You know, she's older and um, it was her birthday. It was a couple days before her birthday and I got a flower and I got a money and card and stuff like that. So I was like, I'm going to just stay on the porch. She's like, girl, if you don't get your behind in here. But in my mind, I'm like, I think I'm good. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, I think I'm good. But I'm like, all right, cool. They told, they said pretty much it's like through saliva and stuff. Just try not to spit when you talk. Definitely don't cough. <laughs> you know, like, it, it was one of That's those a problem things. for pastors. We some spitting people. Okay. Listen, me too. Sometimes when I laugh and, you know, like, but, I mean, she's good. So okay. I was good. How many days know? ago was that? This was more than two weeks. So okay. More than two weeks. So, we, you know, we're good. We're good. We're good. <laughs> but it had you thinking. Like, yeah. I didn't know yeah. if, you know. But. Yeah. Can you imagine how shackling that is to just yeah. not know, do know, have no idea, perfectly fine, not know what's going on? You know, like. But that's the thing. It's like there are people who are, who will be. Okay. I have an example. A friend. Or, she's not a friend. This is a situation that has happened within my uh, within my profession okay um, this girl wanted to move from one company to the next which is an upward move mm-hmm. you know you kind of go from junior varsity to varsity okay mm-hmm. and she wanted to she she had already been accepted at the varsity company okay and they had given her a training date and the training date was let's say April 1st May 1st something like that um, and this started March 15th. Mm-hmm. So she had given in her notice at her company to give herself a month off to just relax, do her own thing, and, and get ready for this training that would take four to six weeks. And then she'd be varsity, you know, making the bigger bucks. You know? And she was all excited. So she had already spent, used up all her vacation time at the old job, gave her notice, and quit the job. And then she took her month off. And when she was ready to start the training, they said training is canceled. Mm. Wow. Training is canceled. So she goes to file for unemployment. Mm. Guess what? She quit her job. She's not she's not eligible for unemployment. Wow. And now the other company is saying this class, this new training is postponed indefinitely. She has no job to go to. She has no job to go back to. And she cannot get unemployment. So can you imagine the stress, the PTSD that this person will be under the next time she has to take a leap of faith? Wow. The next time she has to, you know, and these are the things that people are going through right now. Should I start my nonprofit? Should I take this promotion at this job? Should I do this? And it's just everything is so unknown that people are afraid to take a step. The thing that you've been planning for months and months and years and years to finally grasp that next level. And now it's like, should I? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's scary. That's serious. Yeah. I could not imagine being in her position right now. She's a child. Wow. And you know, that that leads us to our next topic, which is financially. Yeah. You know, um, and I definitely would like to hear, you know, Bridget, your, your, uh, personal um, struggles in regards of you know you work for the airlines so well, I was trying not to put that out okay <laughs> okay you are, you know, I could have just said it uh, anyway <laughs> I worked hard at I that yo like for real 
you know, like finance. Pastor can't hold nothing. <laughs> you gotta be transparent. Okay. Um, but you know what that you that that we've all that we've all seen and that we all encountered. Um, the financial strain that this quarantine, that this 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 virus has had on people. You know, what do you feel or what do you see? Um, from the people that you talk to, people that you know, you know, what, what type of situation that they're going through right now. You cannot imagine the types of messages. We have these work groups and, you know, the types of messages that people are putting out there and they'll, I don't know what to do. Should I retire? Should I wait it out? Should I do this? Should I do that? Should I take a leave? Should I hold on and be on reserve? Listen, I've been at my company for 23 years. I get the schedule I want when I want. I go to work if I want. I'm putting air quote when you said company, just in case you want. <laughs> she doesn't work for a company. Right? So, <laughs> been there for 23 years. Do you know that what they're predicting is come October 1st, I'm going to be the bottom of the barrel. Wow. Everybody that's about 20 years or less is going to be out the door. And I'll be at the bottom of the barrel, have no control over my schedule. I will be on call like a rookie. I was on call my first four months at this company. And now at 23 years, I'm going to go back on call. Wow. So there are people like, okay, do I retire? Do I do I wait it out? Are they giving Can any packages? I, am I going to be able to... Packages that really are not packages. Okay? okay? All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, do I wait it out? I mean, I won't... I don't feel, I don't think I'll be able to afford my apartment. I have to move. I mean, these are all challenges that I don't even have children. I can't imagine the kinds of decisions people are trying to make right now because of all the predictions that are going on. Even if the pandemic lifts and everything opens up and everyone goes back to work, my industry is not gonna be the same. It's not. It's not. So it's like, economically, it's kind of, you're projecting into the future saying, what do I do? What do I do? Yeah. And all I know is I have to move out of here. I don't know where I'm going, but I'm going to be fine. Yeah. Um, God will provide, even if it's not providing rent for here, he's going to provide another place that's more affordable. Mm -hmm. But <clears throat> truly, I mean, it's right now is a time to really buckle down and make some real decisions. But drastic decisions but realistic decisions mm -hmm. and with PTSD in your mind you can't do anything realistically yeah. you can't do anything reasonably when you're shapes afraid your, it shapes your thoughts yeah when you're, there's a lot of fear and I feel I, I'm so blessed that I I think I can figure out a way to economically make it work but there are other people who just are just in situations that they can't just back out of and change and you know jump ship and yeah. be able to survive. You know, it, I, I was talking to one of, uh, one of my coworkers. Uh, we were talking about pretty much that the person who owns the home and the tenant, neither one of us are getting any money. Yeah. <laughs> so it's struggle on both ends, mm -hmm. you know. Um, when everything happened, I'm sure people got notices that they must pay rent. You know, the legislation had to go out from mayors and governors saying don't bother people about rent and all these different things. And they're still and, doing it. And they're still doing it, you know. And um, it really, financially, you know, I think it kind of exposed a lot of ugliness. Yeah. And, um, and exposed Just a say lot greed. Of, yeah, it does. Greed. It really, it really I, you know. I, did it expose it all? Was it already there? 
it was it was there, <laughs> but it shined up. It made, it made the greed undeniable. Yes. Gotcha. Yes. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you know, it's it, even still right now. <laughs> yeah. It, it shined. It, before it was a candle. Now it's one of those uh, those LED lights that just shined on it. Now like, it's a floodlight. Yeah. yeah you know, it's a floodlight. It boom. <laughs> you know, and it's just it for me. It's it's really sad, and it, this exposes a lot of um, our thoughts and views with each other as human beings um, in regards of being, you know, being unselfish, being respectful, being loving. And we're all hit with it. You know, we're all um, could, you know, live in check to check or situation to situation, you know. So if we're all living that way, why aren't we treating each other as if, you know, you're one check away too. So you can understand what I'm going through, you know. And so I, I just think economically, you know, for those who've been laid off, you know, for those who have limited hours now to work, um, opportunities have changed. I just think, man, I, I can't imagine the strain <laughs> um, on people's mind. You know, my, my daughter's school has had to shut down. Wow. Um, and they were already charging at a good price because of the demographic of what the school is. Um, they, they will have to be forced to shut down to adjust to COVID-19 and what's going on. You know, they had to hire more people and sanitation had to be a little different and um, they had to shut down. And so now you have parents now who have no place for their children to go. Um, and an economy that's opening up saying go back to work. Exactly. exactly. So they have to work, but you have no babysitting or schooling for these kids. Oh, please. Did because you see the plans for September? Man. I did not. So I'm going to sit back out of this one. I don't have children. Let me hear. <laughs> yeah, From what I heard, it sounds... Ooh, it's gonna be rough. Control. It's gonna be rough yeah. if they continue with it, because uh, unfortunately, uh, along with exposing the greed, um, you know, unfortunately, some people are not very intelligent that are leading this country. <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> Say it one more again. <laughs> they're not intelligent. I'm sorry. Okay. This, right. These people I heard at the that. top at, that, that are at the top, they're just not making sensible uh, solutions. Right. So, yep. like, it's, as far as school, um, they're trying to say, oh, they're going to do half days. But once again, the government said that we can go back to work. So how are parents going to go back to work and kids going to go to school? Mind you, we need school because we need doctors. We need we need all of these things again. Like, I don't know if they're thinking about our future or we're thinking about right now. So it's, it's really scary to know that our world is, well, you know, our government uh, is kind of like in control of these things and could kind of like... You know, kill us off, but not um, just not just teaching. Why are you saying it like it's a secret? Like, <laughs> say say it like saying with your chest. You no, know? because I don't want to really like I don't want the wrong person like the devil to hear it. You're like, yeah, that's right. That's right. And not that's just right. That. Your tongue is powerful. Let me stop that. Okay. And not just that. Even the patience of the parents. I had to go through a whole rest of the school year. You know, um, homeschooling my child. Mm. You know, my wife and I. You know, and um, it's a challenge um, because, you know, my child is young, so they're used to socializing, having their friends. Yeah. And um, definitely huge shout out and huge, huge prayers for the teachers that um, are teaching our children through a computer screen. Definitely. You know, and that, they like they like to see their children. They're children, you know, and it, it's a challenge because it's you know, am I teaching them properly? And then mm-hmm. maybe the parents don't have the tools at home, mentally or even in my situation, patience. Yeah. 
Yeah. To sit Ooh, down. Let me find out. My pastor <laughs> is not patient. No, I'm patient. I mean, my daughter's only in the first grade. So, <laughs> I'm, you know, she's not like a middle school or high school. But some of the stories that I'm hearing from other parents who kids oh. are in high school or in middle school, um, some of the work that's needed, some of the math and science. Listen, I'm good at math, but not this new stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. For real. Like, I'm like, I don't know what way you do it, but let me show you that this math, the way I do it, this is how. And then he's like, Look, I don't get I got it. A's, <laughs> I got A's in my kind. Your kind, I'm a fail. I don't know what this is. And everything, and everything that we say that we would not say to our children, <laughs> I won't say this, I won't say that. That goes out the window. It goes out the our window. patience goes down. You repeat Names yourself. come out. You repeat yourself. You want to pull your hair out. You I don't feel like going to the park afterwards. Flare. I don't want to do Did you anything. threaten punishment or whooping? I just want to know. Um, you be like, if, if he had seven <laughs> apples, I know I just two. said this. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm totally been oh, there. Oh, yeah, my gosh. It is, I mean, it is teeth. Rough. And logic, uh, it's two plus two. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's just, and, and all you did was like reverse it. Like, be like, you don't even know. Like, this is this is algebra. Like, but I forgot you ain't even there. You second yeah. grade. I forgot. I'm sorry. And so all of that, all of that. <laughs> I know we all lost. You, I'm just you know, sorry. <laughs> all of that. I mean, it stems. It stems. Like I said, from because we need people. Need these jobs. People went to school for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For this, for this career. But you know what? Teachers should be getting paid more money too. I mean, it exposes that. They should be yeah. getting paid way more money than what they do. It's, it's definitely showing that the teachers are so needed. Yes. Um, other employees from Walmart, so not just hospitals, police, firefighters, schools. Therapists. But th- therapists. <laughs> but you can't even get a therapy right now, depending on who's okay with it because of. Oh, no, the they're, doing, they're doing um, a lot of tele. Like, you know, telehealth and things like that, like Zooms, like even the courts. Can I tell you that? Okay, so I had a ticket that I was trying to fight or whatever since December. Oh, my God. Um, (laughs) So I finally got a court date. I finally got a court date. No, so I'm sorry. No, it was not my fault. Okay. Anyhow. We were in there. So I made sure to plead not guilty, and um, I had a Zoom conference. It it took like two hours. However, it was smooth (laughs) in my bed. And I did not have to pay the ticket. And I really honestly hope they continue with this. It was, it was dope. No, it was dope. Like the process. Do So you mean to tell me if you get a ticket, you want to take off from work. Then you get there. Then they tell you you can't go to sleep. You can't get your phone. I don't, you I don't get tickets. I'm perfect. I'm just saying like, okay, perfect. No, I'm playing. I okay. okay. No, listen, this was a parking ticket. Oh, okay. okay. Well, yeah. I could have technically just paid, but I was not because I was not at fault. You know, gotcha. so but I got my fight ticket. the power. Yes, I'm fighting. I'm fighting all year. Yeah, I'm fighting for the rest of my life. It's just so many things that have been affected. Yeah, you know, um, with this city halls. I know, like for example, you know, with uh, domestic violence cases have increased. Yeah. Of course they have. So yeah. you can't yeah, even like you can't people. even get a divorce um, because because yeah. the office isn't open. You can't do anything. You know what? I hadn't considered that. Yeah, you can't do anything. You just got to sit there and duck. You know, well, well, or run. Right, you can't get an official divorce. Yeah. However, I do know that you know domestic violence has increased exponentially, yeah. and that there are people that are working around the clock and even um, just more taking on more workload than they ever have 
because now there's no escape. There's no escape for that that wife that gets battered only when the husband comes home from work. Yeah. And there's no escape for the child who gets abused but gets to escape and have a full school day at school. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, child, the child that doesn't eat yeah. unless they're at school. I mean, they go there early enough to get breakfast and get lunch. Yeah. They only have to kind of make their way through not eating overnight to dinner and can't wait to get back to breakfast, breakfast school lunch, the yeah. next day. So, um, yeah, domestic violence has increased exponentially and there are people being held in, well, being housed or sheltered, you know, in all sorts of ways. Mm. And isn't that something, though? That's another thing. There's just so many things, man. Like, and it just shows how essential things are that we kind of overlook. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, um, the schools. I know a lot of people get mad at the. I, get mad at teachers and administrators you talking bad about my baby and da 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 how they say it you talking bad about my baby and da 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 whatever da 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 is but now you're starting to see you know the the strain and issues that you know um, a teacher goes through even some of these supermarkets and the fast food places that we just overlooked they're a blessing you know you go to Walmart and ShopRite or wherever you go they're even more at risk, just like a firefighter police officer. Definitely. They're in a fire too. You know, it's like going to a, a bulletproof glass to get you, you know, a piece of gum. You know, they can get sick. And it shows how they're important. You know, are they paid like they're important? Of I'm not sure. Not. I don't know what's in their pocket. Unfortunately, no, they, they're not. You know, paid. so it, it just shows that everybody matters and they didn't matter before this thing happened. They mattered. They, like However, in regards of I mean, us respecting, it's just, it's respecting, just a, no, they weren't, they weren't no, respected. Not, not uh, uh, like because everybody, everybody don't feel that way. I always have respected everybody I work with. Okay. I actually talk to um, some of the people that clean. Like honestly, this, some of those people are the dopest people ever. So I never overlook them. You know what I mean? But I do understand what you're saying because a lot of people still, even after all of this, they still won't appreciate people. I just don't understand people like yeah, that. Some in the people, first place, though, so. you know, it goes back to like in my industry since you told everybody what I did. I don't know what she is. I air quotes. <laughs> okay, ah, <laughs> but it's just, again, <laughs> yeah. but it's just like you know after 9/11. I mean, before security that worked in all these hotel, um, I'm sorry, airports, mm-hmm. they were all individual companies, individually, you know, and they were paid little over minimum wage, not much more for the most part, and um, they had the, the the highest responsibility in the airport yeah. don't let anyone in here with something unsafe yeah. Yeah. they're the highest responsibility in the First airport from a bomb, and right, the, right, yeah, and, right. The, and the lowest paid and then after 9-11 all of a sudden it was like oh we need to highly respect and appreciate these people oh no they are not minimum wage workers yeah. we need to pay them much much more and properly and and train them nationwide yeah. And that and the industry completely changed. Whereas you had all of these individual security companies, and now this person is a federal employee, mm-hmm. and the pay is much higher, and they can afford to work there, be the first line of defense, yeah. and support their families. You know, and uh, I hope that something like that comes from here. I do. Yeah, because I, I realized that I think the goal too was to kind of like. You know how some, you know, we all know that things happen for a reason. I feel like the goal that people should realize from this is that we all need each other. Like we are, we are literally a whole unit. Everybody have their part, you know, but without these parts, we can't work together. Yeah. Like this system will not work yeah. 
unless we're working together. I don't know when people are going to get that. <laughs> I pray that they get that, but they need to get it ASAP because it's important. And I think this goes into our next discussion, mm -hmm. which is the spiritual um, issues. Because everything that you said with the psychological mm -hmm. and everything you said with the financial, all that weight from all that struggle and all that stuff, mm. it falls on to your faith, yes. your relationship with God. Mm. And um, it's heavy. Um, as a pastor, it's heavy. As, you know, as a church, as disciples, as people of God, it's heavy. Because we get the text message from people. You know, we, we see the um, post on Facebook and Instagram about people's stress and worry. We watch the news. We see things, you know, and we see, you know, we kind of see things a little differently than the world. Um, we don't just see numbers. We just don't see sickness, but we see uh, purpose. We see issues. We see the spiritual elements of things. And so spiritually, it's really a load. Especially from my personal experience, because I see so many different things that are going on that has been exposed. Um, one of which is, you know, this, this spiritual understanding, as you just said, yeah, as in regards of us respecting and loving each other. Um, when you, I, I, in the beginning stages of this quarantine, don't look for no Lysol or no wipes. People were taking 17 bottles of Lysol and wipes. Just so they could resell Just it. Just so they can either resell it, <laughs> store it, not realizing somebody after you who needs it yeah. with a senior citizen mm -hmm. at home or someone who's dealing with diabetes or yeah. someone who has asthma or cancers who can't even, who've been dealing with this kind of way of life for a long time. Definitely. You're being so self-absorbed yes. because you're panicking and you're mm. desperate. You remove aid or assistance from somebody else. Uh, because you don't have, ironically, the, the scripture said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. But you loved yourself so much where <laughs> it turned into a selfish thing. And you don't pour it to anybody else. So bread and milk and tissue. And tissue. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I just want to know. That's something. I just can't. Tissues and all these different things. You took that and you stashed it and you put it on the marketplace or you you know what I mean yeah. like you, you're making a profit off of it then the struggles with churches you can't meet now all right choirs can't sing now like you know like they even talked about not having church but not having singers wait what yes they talked about uh, a, a doctor recommended that if we have churches services right. that choir they recommend that choirs don't sing because of oh, a because possible of projection of sputum, especially okay. you know in churches when you sing it real hard, something might come out, you might get that spritz. <laughs> you know, spritz. Um, no, so so even the Wait, why did he say spritz? <laughs> I felt it. Major, <laughs> you blink hard when it hits yeah, you. Yeah, man, like right in your eye, your retina. No, it's just... hitting right on the lip. Like, oh, oh, you got on top of her lip and you stared at it for like ten seconds. No, more, I just like... sit there and be like, I can't wait to wipe this. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> but like major, the major dynamics of our faith, fellowship. Praise, worship has been affected. Um, but what it did do, however, it, it kind of broke us down to the foundation of our faith. Um, where 
we really recognize that we're more than just a building. Um, well, I think a lot. Hmm. I think a lot of the protests and the, you know everyone's you know just getting so up in arms across the country because their their faith or their church really is the building. Yeah. And and I, I just. Me, I don't understand this whole, I need to get back to the building so that I can raise my hands next to everyone else and thank God. But truly, the church is not the building. The the Bible itself tells you that the church is you. And, you know, when you're a person who leaves your religion in your seat, Mm. And then you come back next week and you want to come back to the same seat because you left your religion there. You got to pick it up. (laughs) You know, when you're one of those people, then yes, this must be very, very challenging for you because you haven't had even a tiny bit of Jesus, (laughs) (laughs) you know, for months. And I'm just thankful um, that there are people in my life who who have directed me and helped me to understand the scriptures well enough to know that the building isn't the church. Because truly... um, if I were a person much like I might have been before I knew any better, you know, before I got my own personal teaching, I might feel that, man, not being able to gather together and sing the songs and, and be together in the same building to pray and touch hands and, you know, mm-hmm. I would really feel that I'm missing out yeah. and God hasn't heard from me in three months. Mm-hmm. And I think that there are a lot of people who show in how they treat other people and their and how they present themselves to the world that that's their idea of, of Christianity or religion. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Hey, you know, it made me think well when he brought up spirituality period. It just made me think I don't know how people I, I never knew anyway, but it just makes me think about the question of how do you live in this life without God? Or you know like or whoever you want to call your God, you know, um, cuz I know sometimes he has different names but he's my god i just don't know how people literally move from day to day without faith because it is the driving force in my life like so if i didn't have faith right now i don't know where i would be like even though it's been so much because i I know that it's it's a lot that has impacted a lot of people so i never want to forget that portion but i don't want to forget the portion of i've been okay you know so there have been some people who've been surviving and and, and and we're part of those survivors in the sense of, you know, spiritually, even physically. And, you know, uh, it, it, even if we did have COVID, we're still here, but we still have that right mind, you know, like to keep pressing forward, to keep still loving, to still be great to one another. And like, so even though life has really changed, it hasn't really changed. You know what I mean? Like I can't go, okay, I'm, I'm totally, um, I'm extroverted, so I love to go out and have, you know, I do get energy from that because I feel like God gave me that. Um, but, <laughs> but also, he also gave me faith and I've been able to just keep pushing on. Like, I, I'm not thinking of suicide. I'm not thinking of life, you know, just it, even if it ended tomorrow, I'm good. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, it is, whatever is here to come, it's going to come and I know God got me. I'm attached to this winter and I am good. Like, of course you're gonna have, you know, bad days, but I know my bad days are not as bad as those who don't have faith. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. I think it's a, but, um, go ahead. Yeah. What do we say to the people who aren't good? You know, 
the ones who come join us. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I wish it was that simple. It's evangelism one. <laughs> but really, what do you say to the people who aren't good, who are facing eviction, who have, who are being threatened, who, whose health isn't so well, who lost very close um, family members, who this <clears throat> this pandemic has just taken a just just devastated their lives or or felt like or feels like it is i mean the thing is what do we say to those people whose faith are like where's god in this why did this why is this happening why is it letting this happen and you know people who are believers who trust in god and believe in god and who have who always call on his name but still see all these things happening you know not around them but to them the question is what do we say to them because those are the ones that are going to walk out of this with PTSD yes. of their faith. Yeah. Definitely. So 100%. what do we say to them, Pastor? Yes. Okay, I'm happy to ask that question. I, I sure uh, can't answer it. I can't. <laughs> I could kind of answer it, but it, not in that way. So you definitely Yeah, can. go, Pastor. I think, I think when, when you're in, in a relationship with Christ, I think it's something that has to be cultivated, right? Mm-hmm. Um, cultivated means it has to be nurtured, something that's grown, and something that has to be explained in regards of um, the gospel is not a faith that is sunny days and tulips but we all know that the the defining moment of the gospel was persecution a death and a resurrection wow right so in regards to what you were saying guys in regards of how can people uh, not or go through life not knowing or or believing in god is because certain instances um, when their experience with faith or people of faith it hasn't been cultivated so in order for a growth to happen or something fruitful to come out of it, you have to take seed, put in the dirt. Mm-hmm. If you're not cultivated, all you have is seed, possibilities, and the dirt, mm-hmm. the mess. Yeah. Wow. And they're separate. Wow. They're not Possibility together. and mess. And, and that's what it is. So Pastor, you, you suffer, right? <laughs> so you walk, you walk life, living life with possibilities. Mm-hmm. I can do anything on my own. I don't believe. I don't care. I can do anything on my Even own. Even though they know something is missing. Yeah. But that possibilities, once the mess comes, mm-hmm. you won't be able to birth anything. You would just, it'd just be a bunch of dirt. Right. Once you have someone cultivating, pouring into you, knowing that the per- your, your purpose, your possibilities, and there's going to be dirt, there's going to be mess. Um, you put that element of hope in there. It separates you from actually wanting to be buried or something being birthed out of it. Gotcha. Mm. So that cultivation and connecting with people that believe God and truly want to walk the walk that he called us to do, it's important because you won't know the difference. So during this time, you know, uh, pastor said, I forgot his name, but he said that before COVID-19 hit, there was a lot of footsteps in church, but not a lot of handprints in church, which means that people enter the church, but wasn't serving or acting, wasn't doing anything. So what COVID-19 really exposed really in churches is what are you doing to help alleviate the pain of the situation because the footsteps aren't there anymore yeah they're not there so are you going to serve can you act can you do can you go feed the homeless can you help out your neighbor can you encourage people can you Mm -hmm. feed the homeless can Can you you have a daily prayer line can you have a daily you know i mean (laughs) so three months that's what i'm saying right (laughs) i just want y'all to know we did something at the church okay i just want y'all every single day every Every single day day. you know so when you don't have 
a place or a group of people connected that you're connected to that is in the in the business of cultivating that faith, it will lie dormant. Yeah. Possibilities and you'll just be living as a seed, not being nurtured, not being poured into, and no light is touching you. Hmm. Wow. And so that embryo that's inside of that seed will never grow. Never be birthed. And it'll be birthed. You know. Just seed, possibilities, and dirt. Yeah. And, <laughs> and just mess. And mess. That's what this world is. A lot of mess. Right. But there's so much peace in the mess. Yeah. But I feel like God is peace. So then you can identify yeah. peace on this right. earth even in the mess. But because yeah. it's here. It's it just has to be planted and watered. Yeah. And sold. Yeah. <laughs> and so. Because, you know, the, this, this faith is, if you're ministered minister to properly, it's not something that catches you off guard. It's something you have to brace yourself for. Yes. Amen to that. Wait a minute. We yeah. had a conversation one time about this. I think it was First Lady. Okay. First Lady is my wife, y'all. <laughs> hey, boo. Love you. <laughs> and she was talking about how um, when a person is pregnant, mm -hmm. you know, um, and I'm, I'm going to mess it up, y'all, just so you know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and when the labor pains come, it's so painful and it's just crushing and you go through all of this, but you've already prepared, you yes. know, you've already, you know, you have the, the room ready and you have the bed sitting ready for the baby. You've already packed the bag to go to the hospital. You already have the numbers on the, on the, on the fridge. You have everything ready to go so you can just grab and go. And although it's painful and you know, the pain is coming. Yeah. You've prepared for it. Yes. Labor doesn't take you by surprise. Yeah. No. And just like what you were just saying, I believe, <laughs> is that, you know, when you are with God and you have a relationship with God and daily and you learn and you know the word and you're studying, then you know that you're not meant to be problem free. Yes. yes. You're not yes. meant to be stress free. Yeah. But it's about preparing ahead of time, knowing that those times are coming. Yes. Definitely. So that the labor doesn't take you by surprise. Exactly. It's not supposed to. Yeah. No. Because just like life, we don't know what's going to happen. It's kind of like a book, right? You open this book and you know as many chapters, but you don't know what the climax is going to be, what the plot yeah. and everything like that. So you're literally, it's a page turner. And like, you're, you're bracing yourself and you have God to just help brace yourself yeah and next thing you know you like i'm at the pinnacle of this you know what i mean like i overcame this 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 and that like people forget so much that they oh they, they so overcame. Much. and that that i can only thank god for that because you know we, we we become like forgetful sometimes yeah we do we definitely <laughs> develop a spirit of amnesia yes mm -hmm. um you know this is not the first uh, pandemic or plague that we've witnessed you know the bible <laughs> talks about it jesus talks about it um, one thing that we have to do as believers is, um, I'm, I said a long time ago that we're not called to be pushy praisers, you know, but we're called to be, you know, to, to have consolation, to understand, to be the shoulder. It hurts us too, yeah. you know, just because we oh, believe God. don't mean we're, we, we don't bleed, we don't hurt. It hurts. Um, but I thank God for a script. I watch a lot of scary movies, uh -huh. but there are certain parts, even the scary movies that I've seen that still... Oh, jump. Ha, ha. I still jump, even though I've seen it. Same thing with the word of God. You know, he says it's going to be wars and rumors of wars and plagues and pestilence and earthquakes and diverse places and all different things like that. That still does not negate the fact that I'm human and it still affects me. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I'm praying and, and this is what the faith does in, in all of everything that we talk about. It gives me the strength to persevere. Yes. 
not to die. Yes. Right. Resurrection is a huge part. Ridicule is a part of it. Pain is a part of it. But resurrection coming out of this, um, having scars even when I come out. Yes. But I still have power. I still have victory. I still yes. have strength. And so that's the challenge. And we have to connect with believers like that, mm -hmm. that cultivates that understanding, that brings that understanding out of it. And not just in the hereafter, yeah. but being a believer, you have victory here and after. Yeah. You know, so I'm not just looking to get to heaven and the glory at the gates and everything like that. Um, he gives us strength to deal with the struggles yeah. and the issues here. Mm -hmm. and, and that prepares, or this is practice, mm -hmm. what we're going to fulfill in the in, in the after and so that that's really the um the, the the peace with the spiritual part and we have to continue to cultivate relationships um not just you know present it and that's it you know we have to cultivate it water it live it be transparent demonstrate it um strengthen people and constantly show the light um, we call light and salt we're salty and we have a lot of light <laughs> you know, not bitter better we right light, we lighten and flavor that's it <laughs> so we add to this world right. yeah. and we have to make sure that we are adding the people Definitely. the things that that are not of god that give no life we also of course pray that we pull people from that um, but we're, in the process we're adding to people's lives adding flavor right. adding direction adding vision adding um, encouragement yes, yes. Yes. Cause we all obviously Some we all need it. Positivity. Yeah, we need yes. it. We need it. Lack of um, miserable people. Yeah, it's and there's there's a word even in this, you know, um, that we're not you know wordless, yes. right? We're yes. not, you know, we're not mute. God is still speaking. God is still encouraging people. Churches, outreach, food pantries, and helping the homeless, and, mm -hmm. and praying and encouraging. Um, giving still yeah believers glow in the dark i said yes. that a long time ago we glow during dark times Amen. we're called to do that for real check that energy yeah mm -hmm. definitely you know and so uh, our time is almost up yes it is. uh we are thanking god uh for this discussion i am um i'm praying uh, that those who are listening that you are encouraged uh, from every element that we talked about whether you're struggling financially um, struggling mentally, struggling spiritually. I'm praying that uh, we pushed you today. We pushed you and encouraged you and to develop relationships in God or in business or mentally that, that, are, that are cultivated, that are strengthened even during these times. God is still speaking um, and we are still listening and we're praying for you. Whatever your struggle is, we're praying for you. We're praying for God's strength in your life. We're praying for God's blessing over your life. And then I'm praying that, that you receive something from this CPR experience. Yeah. Um, we know it's traumatic. Yes. We know it's traumatic. Yes. We're hoping that confronting it will help you to resolve it. To resolve yes. it. CPR. CPR. Yes. Conflict <laughs> produces resolution. resolution. You did the beat? Is that what you did? Uh -huh. That was word. That, <laughs> yeah, that, that was a soft heartbeat. It was a soft heartbeat. You know, it was soft. It was soft. All right, guys. God bless you. Thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you for welcoming us into your home, your kitchen, or your job, whatever you're doing in your car, whatever you're doing. We thank you and we pray that you're strengthened from what you heard. God bless you. We all love you. We all love you. Stay love you. Strong, strong. Stay grounded. Stay hopeful. God bless you. We you love you. You're not alone. You're not alone. In Jesus' name, we all pray. Amen. Amen. <laughs>